When a bomb went off in Nashville, Tennessee, the conspiracy theories began to swirl. And we talked about those conspiracy theories yesterday. But there's one story I didn't have time to tell you. The story of the police officers on the ground and a paranormal event that may have saved their lives. And then we travel to Bulgaria to take a look at a bizarre story involving mysterious red dust appearing in a local classroom. As researchers of all stripes go to the school to figure out what the dust is, the bigger question is, is it even native to our dimension? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm not just Jason Carpenter anymore though. I've ascended to a transhumanist utopia. I currently have this device strapped onto my chest. It's like pasted on to monitor my heart. So I'm no longer, I'm no longer just a man. I'm part machine, specifically 2% machine as they're monitoring my heart. Everything will be okay. I just feel like I'm from the future now. I'm just going to walk around no shirt, be pushing people over. They're like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, puny mortals, get out of my way. There's not even people to push around. Everything's in lockdown. I'm going to go into people's houses just to push them over and then leave. And they're like, who was that robotic menace? Let's give a shout out to one of our live stream supporters. Flying into the studio right now is Red Eagle. Everyone give a round of applause to Red Eagle. Ah, ah, Flying around, lands on my shoulder. I'm assuming an actual eagle is supporting the show. Red Eagle donated during a live stream that I had, and I really wanted to give a shout out to everyone who's able to financially support the show. If you can't financially support the show, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about it. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. So Red Eagle, I'm going to toss you the keys, catch them in your beak, to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command, and we are headed out back, actually. We're headed back to Nashville, Tennessee. Dirgeable is flying out there. It's funny, I just got an email from a listener named Dave Carr. And he said, hey, really enjoyed the episode. It was a bit of a bummer, though. You know, and he he was lamenting the fact that he listens to a lot of paranormal podcasts and, and researches a lot of this stuff. And he goes, the, the information's kind of a bummer lately. Yesterday's episode, I was really just swatting down these conspiracy theories. But here's the thing. So I totally understand that, Dave, and we talked a little bit about that. But that episode ran so long, it wasn't supposed to end on a bummer note. That episode was like an hour long, which they're nightmares to edit. But I liked that episode. There was just so much information I had to get through. But there was one story that I left out that was supposed to end it on a positive note. A positive note as far as we're concerned, being avid fans of the paranormal and conspiracies and things like that. I like the way the episode ended, and it's fine. I'm not going to go back and fix it. It was an hour long. But I had planned on ending it with the story I'm about to tell you today. So Red Eagle is flying the Dead Rabbit Dirigible, has a little little bird aviator goggles on. And we get to Nashville, Tennessee. All this information is from a mainstream news article. This is what I find so fascinating. We talked all about those crazy conspiracy theories yesterday. The information I'm about to tell you is in a mainstream news article that no one else has picked up on. This is from the Tennessean.com. It was written by Natalie Alund, Yayun Young, and Brinley Heinemann, and it's a Nashville, Tennessee newspaper. So thank you, intrepid journalists. Weird story. 
Dirigible's flying over Nashville, Tennessee. And below, we're not going on the streets. We're not going on the streets for this one. We see the RV parked outside the AT&T building. It's December 25th, 2020. The police have been called to the area because there were reports of shots fired. Which I assume was the bomber, Anthony Warner, firing shots to bring police to the area. It's one of those weird details to the story that even conspiracy theorists don't really run with. But shots are fired in that area. So we have an officer pull up and the RV is putting out the warning. This RV will blow up in 15 minutes. So once the police officer hears that, he radios in for backup. And there's about six other officers show up. You imagine it'd be a little bit more, but maybe it was a shift change. We had Officer James Wells and Officer Amanda Topping. They both show up. I believe they're partners. And there was a couple other officers as well. They're knocking on doors, disturbing people's Christmas morning. They're opening presents. They're like, hey, guys, there's a bomb coming. And then they go in and they're like, woohoo, I got a PS5. They're getting everyone out of the neighborhood. All these officers are knocking on doors. Now, when the officers got there, Officer James Wells parked his squad car next to the RV. And the RV is doing a bit of a countdown. So I don't know if it was counting down every minute, but it was giving regular updates. In case you didn't have a watch on you, it didn't just keep saying, we're going to blow up in 15 minutes. And people are like, dude, we've been here for 10 minutes already. I don't know how reliable that is. It's doing some sort of countdown. And the RV announces, I'm going to blow up in three minutes. At that point, Officer Wells goes, I better go move move my squad car because it's right next to this bomb. They've been knocking on doors for a few minutes now. He goes, I'm going to go move my squad car. He begins walking to his car, again, that is parked right next to the RV. And this was totally, I can't believe no one else picked up on this. This was reported in a mainstream news site. As Officer Wells is walking back to his car, he hears what he calls, what he says, quote, a voice from God in his head. He's walking back to his squad car and he hears a voice say, go check on Amanda. And at that point, he stops and without really reacting to it, he turns around and begins walking towards Officer Amanda Topping. As he's walking back, the bomb detonates early. <laughs> he's so close to the explosion, the shockwave throws him to the ground. Officer Amanda Topping sees this happen. She runs through the smoke and scoops up Officer Wells. And then they run into a archway of a local building. And in the smoke and the smell of the explosion, they're holding on to each other because they don't know what's coming next. That was, luckily, the only explosion. All the officers there, the only injury that was reported was one of them temporarily lost their hearing. A voice from God saved this man's life. Had he continued on his journey to the car, thinking there really was three minutes left, the bomb went off three minutes early. Had he continued to his car, would he have gotten into it and sat there and, and the explosion go off would have completely decimated him? Would there have been a piece of shrapnel, tears him to pieces? A voice from God told him to turn around and check on Officer Amanda Topping. That's so weird. And Dave, I want to insure you, and I want to insure all you guys. I know yesterday's episode was me cutting down these conspiracy theories, and this is how that episode was supposed to end, was with that story. Bringing in again the world is more bizarre. That's why if you listen to yesterday's episode, I started off by saying 
uh, it's stranger. Truth is stranger than fiction, which is a cliche, but that was in that intro because I had planned on ending it with this event. All the space lasers and all that stuff is made up. And here's an article. A, a police officer is telling a journalist this paranormal story that happened that morning. Sometimes the truth, this story is stranger than any conspiracy theory someone can dream up. Bizarre story. And so again, Dave, it's not supposed to be a bummer episode. The world is still really bizarre and really mystical. And these events just get washed over by the craziness. And what's interesting too is the voice didn't go like, run or watch out or warn him. The voice didn't panic him. It just said, why don't you go check on your fellow officer? Sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Red Eagle is Red Eagle doesn't even even need the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. They're just flying around. They're just flying around free. But now I'm going to toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Nashville, Tennessee. We are headed out to Bulgaria. And as we're flying out there, I mentioned also on yesterday's episode during my vacation, I watched a ton of movies and I got a ton. Actually, I only got three or four, but I got some new movies to recommend to you guys for uh, Dead Rabbit Recommends. I haven't done any of these in a while. These aren't promos or anything. I'm not getting anything in return for these. These are just movies I'd love to share with you guys. I think you guys would really enjoy the best movie I saw, starting off with the best, is a sci-fi movie called Parallel. It's fairly new. I think it came out last year. It's a story of four friends, four of these techie people. They discover this mirror in this room. Every time they step into it, they end up in a different alternate reality. If two people go into it one after another, they're in two different realities. They always start off in that house. They always start off at the exact same time. No matter when you enter the mirror, it's always, let's say, January 4th, 2020. If you stayed there for six weeks and came back in our reality, only two days have passed. And if you stepped back in, you'd be in a brand new alternate reality, January 4th, 2020. The movie is really, really good. And not only, do it, it, I, love, I love really contained sci-fi movies. Not only is it interesting because there's four different characters, so they all have different motivations of what they plan on using this mirror for. One guy uses the mirror to stalk women and learn about them, and then when he comes back into our reality, he pretends he's psychic, and they're impressed by it. One guy uses it to travel and steal inventions and bring them back and claim credit for them. Because there's four characters, you can put yourself in the shoes of any of those four characters. And it has one of the best first to second act shift changes. Because that first act, you're like, oh, these guys are using this mirror and they're, they're kind of being chaotic and doing sorts of crazy stuff. But when that second act begins, the tone completely changes. It is a really, really cool sci-fi film. It's called Parallel. The trailer's in the show notes. I recommend not watching the trailer, though. It's a really, really cool sci-fi film. I was really impressed by it. But we're done talking about films. Actually, I got more. But this isn't a film podcast. I'll save those for other episodes. Red Eagle is using his little talons to pilot the carpenter copter. We're headed out to Harakov, Bulgaria. Helicopters flying over the Bulgarian mountains, flying past the Bulgarian river, flying, I don't know, underneath the Bulgarian bridge, the world-famous Bulgarian bridge. It's October 3rd, 1991. 
I have to say, and I know this is a shocker, but I'm not familiar with Bulgarian geography. I'm definitely not familiar with Bulgarian kindergarten schools. I don't know how they work. When I was researching this, they make reference to a kindergarten, and then they make reference to an apartment complex. And I can't tell if the kindergarten is next to the apartment complex or if the kindergarten is part of the apartment complex. You go, Jason, that's a bizarre that's a bizarre detail to be hung up on on a podcast like this. But I just wanted to say, because we're going to shift locations, but it's all in the same spot. So let's imagine, because I wasn't able to find clarification on this. I don't know if it's translation error or what. But we will assume for the sake of continuity for this story, the kindergarten is next to the apartment complex. I think that's the easiest way to do it. So it's basically like a block, like a city block where this event is taking place. That's the best I can come up with. I didn't want to lie and say I knew that this was all contained, because I don't. <laughs> Red Eagle's just kind of shrugging shrugging their feathers. They're like, I don't, I don't know what that means. And I was like, I don't know either. But apparently you can have a kindergarten and an apartment complex. I guess that's not unheard of, right? Kindergartens are normally on the edge of the city. They're right next to the spooky, spooky woods. Red Eagle, land that carpenter copter. We are walking around. We're going we're gonna to disguise ourselves as kindergarten students. We could disguise ourselves as teachers, but... But we're going to have little beanies with little like propellers on them and stuff like that. Lunch boxes. It's school time. So we're walking in and we see a couple of the teachers, which we could have easily dressed up as. It would have been less complicated. So we're dressed up as kindergarten students and we're sitting in the classroom learning stuff. And the teacher notices something in her classroom. It's normally fairly clean for a kindergarten classroom. But she notices there's a bit of red dust on the ground underneath her desk. She's like, that's weird. It's not normally where I store my red dust. Normally keep it on the cabinet over there. She sweeps it up, doesn't think anything of it. Nobody else really thinks anything of it either. Dust appears. It's not a it's not a bizarre thing to have dust appear. But when the red dust reappears in a different part of the classroom, a little puzzling, but that's the sound of someone sweeping up, going with the day. The problem is, is that this red dust kept appearing in this classroom. And no matter how much you tried to clean it up, the red dust would reappear. And it begins happening in this whole complex. Rooms that people weren't even normally in. The landlord would open up a door, there'd be a pile of red dust on the floor. So now it's becoming a possible environmental issue. Is this some sort of asbestos? Is this some sort of chemical that's leaking? They let the kindergarten students deal with it. But once the landlord found out, this is something you need to look into. It's not just there's a weird pile. Maybe some kid was eating chalk and it threw up and there's just dust here. It's all over the place. And no matter what they do, they can't get rid of it. No matter how much they sweep or try to contain a room, the red dust reappears. They described it as looking like brick and red peppers crushed together. It was a very, very red dust. But it was a fine dust, which would also make it very hard to get rid of. Now, you could sweep up a pile of it, but more of it would simply appear the next day. They end up sending it to a local chemist named Traco Dobrev. Now, this is interesting because we have names for these people. I did try tracking these people down. Every time I looked for one of these people's names that we're going to look at, it all led back to this story. So I don't know if there's actually a chemist named Traco Dobrev, but a lot of times the stories that are fictional don't even bother giving fake names. They just say they sent it to a chemist. They sent it to a doctor. If I was making it up, a lot of times people won't even make up the names. They sent it to a chemist 
named Traco Dobrev. And Traco's looking at it and he's like, hmm, red dust. And they're like, yeah, we know what's red dust, dude. We obviously know that. Can you tell us anything more about it? And he says, well, I don't know exactly what it is, but it, whatever it is, it's organic. This isn't asbestos. This isn't chalk. It's organic. It's then sent to a Dr. Borislav Medikrov. He tests it. He's running a bunch of tests on it. He says, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so it's no closer to figuring out what it is. But he says, whatever it is, it's resistant to sulfuric acid. And he also said that basically it's resistant to temperatures up to 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit. People are like, what in the world is this? Which would make you think it was some sort of fireproofing thing, like asbestos. Science isn't really answering these questions. The dust is still appearing. They're sending this stuff out to scientists, but every time they come into the classroom, there's just more dust there. So when you're not getting the scientific answers, the people at the school call in a medium. They bring in Robert Yorkev, and he spends some time in the school. He's looking at the dust. He's trying to feel the energy in the room. His report is, I don't know what it is, but it's not from Earth. His findings are that he senses a vortex in the room. Whatever this dust is, it's coming from another dimension. It's not native to our reality. Now, what's interesting is there is a couple things to back this up. One. At some point during this investigation, there are infrared photos taken of the area where this red dust is appearing. And it's said that in these photos, which we don't have, which we don't have, which would obviously, again, add credibility to the story. We don't have these photos, but in the infrared photos, apparently you could see a vortex. You could see an anomaly in these infrared photos. It looked like there was something there, a split. In reality, where this dust was coming from. But that's not all. That's not all. That could, that could literally be an anomaly. It could be something wrong with the film. But you have Robert saying there's a vortex here. You have this infrared photo showing a vortex there. But people who spent time around the dust, people who are in close proximity to this fine red dust, would feel sensations of dread, of sinister feelings. Terrible place to have a kindergarten class, right? You're trying to learn ABCs. You look behind you, there's just like something there. You can't see it, but you can sense it. Hiding in your cubbyhole. I don't want to put my teddy bear there. Nap time would be the worst possible thing. Hey, Billy, you go sleep by the pile of red dust. No, no, I did that yesterday. If you're around the red dust for too long, you start to feel... Dark energy. Uh, Yeah, now that I think about it, that would be a hundred times more confusing for a child to go through. That type of psychic damage. Like an adult, we can be like, I'm out, dude. Peace. I'm calling in sick until you get the red dust thing fixed. But kids, they wouldn't even be able to process that. They would just think of these dark things. And it's interesting because we have events that adults have talked about. So you can imagine what the children were going through. The landlord of the apartment complex, Dimitar Dimitrov, says, listen, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I know you guys, I know I probably should have been honest from the beginning. We've been doing all these scientific studies and everything like that. Ever since the red dust has been showing up on my property, I've been hearing voices. 
Everyone's like, yeah, we've been having sinister feelings too and stuff like that. He's like, I'm not finished. I'm not even finished. I'm not even started with my story. He goes, I started hearing voices. And the very first time I encountered the dust, I was teleported to a room that wasn't, I didn't just walk into another room in my apartment complex. I t- the very first time I touched the dust, I found myself in a room with three giants. They wore black leather pants and black satin shirts. They just stood there with long, flat faces staring at me. They told me that they were going to take me. They were going to take me to space where they would teach me a new language. And they're like, did they do that? And he goes, that was the end of the vision. So it sounds fantastical, but he's not the only one who had this experience. There was a teacher named Ramya Bukov who also admitted that one point when she touched the dust, she didn't have a vision. But for weeks after that, when she would fall asleep at night, she had the same nightmare over and over again. She would dream she was being abducted by aliens. This is one of those interesting stories where we don't really have a conclusion to. It happened in 1991. It happened in Bulgaria. And all, I got it from thinkaboutadocs.com. They got it from a local named Muraslav Minchev. And it's not in any UFO guide. A lot of times when thinkaboutadocs.com sources something, it'll say it all came out of this issue. It came out of this book. It came out of this podcast, whatever it was. This one just lists the person's name. This is a local report. This hasn't been reported anywhere other than thinkaboutadocs.com, which is a very reputable site. We've covered them a tons of times on this show. They've had one or two odd stories, but they'll call them out as hoaxes. Very reputable site. So a local person has reported the story and it has moved through the ether to get reported here. But we have no follow-up. We have no original source that we can really go back to. You have to assume at some point they were able to contain the dust or they just knocked down the buildings because it was too much of a problem. Having dust in your classroom or having dust in your house, that's not a big problem. But if it's giving you sinister sensations, definitely going to make it hard to learn. Definitely going to make it hard to exist, right? Even if you weren't in school, even if you were retired, you don't want to be in a room where you're constantly feeling sinister about everything. But to wrap all this stuff up in a red dust-colored bow, the medium, Robert Yorkev, said when he saw this vortex of energy that this dust was coming out of, It was artificially created, is what he said. This wasn't an accidental tear in reality. It wasn't a portal that exists for a split second. Not some sort of anomaly. What he saw was created by something. Intentionally created was the sensation he got. It's likely that whatever created it ended up sealing it back up. And the dust stopped coming through. It's possible that this dust is pouring in from another reality. And whatever reality it's coming from, it'd be the same thing as wind blowing through an open window. It's completely harmless where it's from, but here it's affecting people negatively. We always talk about going to other planets and contaminating them. Oh, we don't want to go to Mars. What if a bunch of microbes catch the flu? We are always worried about that stuff. I'm not. I think it's a stupid concern. But anyways, we're always worried about that stuff. 
You also hear a lot of people complaining about CERN opening up gateways and what if they accidentally create this black hole and suck the whole planet into it, or CERN started operating, the Mandela effect has taken effect, all of these things. Let's put on our conspiracy caps for a second and wrap the episode up like this. We can control what we do and the effect we have on the environment, but if in an other reality, an alien dimension, you have a bunch of scientists standing around and they go... Do you think there are alternate realities? Do you think there are other dimensions out there? And while they are doing experiments very similar to what we do here on Earth, they are successful. And they crack a hole through their dimension into ours. What happens when the experiments continue? And it's no longer an invisible cut through realities, but a mile-long gash across our landscape. You can actually look into it and see another world, another place, another reality of barren red deserts, shimmering cities in the distance. Bizarre architecture? Is that a tree? You can't tell. It's alien. It all looks so wrong. Scientists try to study the event. Religious leaders try to explain it, but nobody can. The tear in the realities grows wider and longer. Mass migrations of humans away from this growing rip in reality. It begins to spread across the planet and you can't escape it. Till eventually, what we consider as our home is now terraformed into something dark and hideous. We always imagine ourselves as the experimenters and not the experiment. But the only difference between the two is who peers into the microscope first. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. 